Welcome to February and welcome into another edition of After the Press here on ClintonHero.com. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Zach James and alongside with me is Sports Editor John Gramolfs who will join us in mere moments after we take a look at the prep scoreboard from Tuesday night. Starting off with the boys' side, Clinton defeated Pleasant Valley 60-51. Comanche over Northeast 59-50. Dakota Sankson tied his single season three-point Record with uh, five more three pointers that puts him at 65 threes for the year. Prince of Peace over Cedar Valley Christian 70 to 29. They clinch the uh, Tri Rivers Conference Eastern Division outright. Eastern Valley over Marquette Catholic 66 to 40. North Cedar edging Bellevue in overtime 65 62. Newman Catholic over Prophet Sound on the Illinois side, 72-44. Sherrod edging Erie, 43-35. And Rockridge rubbing Fulton, 46-17. On the girls' side, Bellevue over North Cedar, 46-42. Cedar Valley Christian over the Irish, 51-23. Comanche over Northeast, 62-45. Courtney Schnorr scored 31 points in that game. A big game for a big-time player. PV over Clinton, 65-25, and riding out the scoreboard for your early Wednesday morning. Marquette Catholic over East Valley, 68-43. John, let's bring you in here. And where I want to start with, let's start off with Comanche Northeast Boys. A, a competitive game, as it always is. Comanche gets the season sweep, and uh, they get a convincing argument for that number one seed in their district as uh, coaches will talk about that in their seeding meetings coming up later this afternoon. And the seeding meetings will be interesting, a new way of doing it this year where the coaches actually are deciding the the seeding and it'll be interesting, you know, we won't find out for a few days what happens, unfortunately. It'll be interesting to see if they go smoothly or if there's some some controversy in those. Uh, You know, uh, Comanche pretty much, I think, solidified its spot tonight. If Northeast had any chance of of moving ahead them ahead of them, they would have had to win tonight and probably win impressively. And and so you got to give it to Comanche. A big night, huge crowd up in Goose Lake. Uh, you know, both those schools are supporting their fan, their teams really well. Uh, and uh, you know, Comanche comes out with a pretty convincing win. <laughs> and then the girls' game there, uh, Courtney Schnorr with thirty one half her teams total. Boy, she's uh, she's really put together a good year. She's putting together one heck of a year, and I'm sure Upper Iowa is pleased to see Schnorr having a good year, too. Prince of Peace boys also having a good year, as well as they defeated Cedar Valley Christian 70-29 to to clinch the Tri-Rivers East outright. And uh, an emotional night at uh, Prince of Peace because it was senior night. You were over there. Uh, Tell us a little bit about it. One really cool thing I saw during a girls' timeout first quarter, I noticed the Cedar Valley Christian guys stand up, and I thought they were walking to the locker room or concession stand as a whole. But they they were walking towards the Prince of Peace players who usually sit on their end of the bleachers, and they all went over, either shook or gave Devin Bielek a, a pat on the back, a handshake, because Devin's grandfather, Chuck Bielek, passed away in a tragic car accident. I thought that was just a great piece of sportsmanship shown by the Huskies, and uh, it, it was just awesome. And, you know, senior nights are usually emotional enough, but with that, uh, I know you said a lot of the Prince of Peace boys were, were pretty emotional, too, that, uh, yeah, it kind of, you know, lets you know that for, you know, most kids, there are things that are more important than just the game on the court, and, and you know, sometimes we forget about that. 
Sometimes we do, and it was a good reminder. So thank you to the Executive uh, Rally Christian Boys for showing a fantastic piece of sportsmanship on Tuesday night. One I probably won't forget for a long time. As I look at this boys basketball uh, scoreboard here, Clinton, big win against PV. Now, PV did lose in the state tournament last year. Not the same team. I get it. They're good players now in mid-major D1 programs, but still, when Clinton beats a Pleasant Valley program, it's always a good feeling. It is, and and they beat them twice this year. And you know, Clinton has had some has had some trouble beating Pleasant Valley over the past few years. And you know it was it was always kind of tough because uh, Randy Teamer coached down there for quite a few years after he was at Clinton. So you know there's natural rivalry there. His son went and uh, transferred. You know when his dad went down there to coach, his son Joe. Uh, Went from Clinton to Pleasant Valley and had a hand in a few wins there too. So some more things that smart. But boy, tonight, you know, Clinton came out and, and you know Clinton a week ago was really kind of struggling. A couple really rough games. Saturday they kind of turned things around at Fulton, and today they kind of carried that on. They uh, led. They got the lead early on, uh, midway through the uh, first quarter, if I remember right. Uh, Makai Hart with a big first quarter, or big first half, eleven points. Really was a presence inside, and his. And in, in, in his play inside really was kind of the key to the breaking open the game in the second half because uh, Pleasant Valley had to start concentrating on him. It left uh, some of the outside players open. Uh, Jaden Mixon had a couple big baskets in the beginning of the third quarter. Then uh, later on they went on a 12-0 run that included a couple of three-pointers by Jameer Broughton. And pretty soon they were up by 20 and that was plenty to hold on they wind up winning by nine but uh, that nine points was about as close as it got in the final 15 minutes or well probably 12 13 minutes you speak of Makai Hart he's going to be part of Clinton's signing day ceremony coming up on Wednesday afternoon Johnny Sullivan we already know is going to Northern Iowa the Dick Herbert twins are going to Ellsworth Makai Hart will also uh sign his letter of intent to uh his choosing of of college and then Tyler Sweeney we learned the other day through athletic Fulton athletic director Josh Knuth will uh, sign with St. Ambrose on Wednesday afternoon too so uh probably our top two area quarterbacks I would say Cuffy it's a it's Sweeney and Sully they're going to one of them's going to an FCS program and one's going to a respectable NAIA program yeah, it was a pretty good year for uh, for quarterbacks. I mean, a lot of years, the the season that uh, Tyler Sweeney had would have easily been a first team All Area, and this year, uh, Johnny Sullivan just put up so such great not great numbers Second that uh, that uh, you know is uh, you know tough to to uh, be above him in the All Area. But uh, Tyler Sweeney had a great year, uh, was a key player for that Fulton team that moved on well in the. In the playoffs, and and just having Tyler there for the whole year made a huge difference because he had been beat, he'd been beaten up, injured the last couple of years, and and that really made a difference. Uh, you know, you could really see his leadership there. Uh, you know, in the games that he was out, you could t- you could tell they missed his leadership a lot. One more thing before we go. Let's talk about Iowa State wrestling coach Kevin Jackson stepping down away from the program at season's end. We talked about this a little bit in a past podcast about how the Iowa State wrestling program, which 
once was a natural perennial powerhouse. Not have, now have kind of fallen back. Yes, they jump in and out of the rankings, but uh, the Cyclones just aren't at the same scale as where the Hawkeyes are right now. No, and in college wrestling, if you're not in the, about the top five, maybe top ten, you might as well be in the top 50, not the top 20, that there's there's such a big drop-off. And, you know, for years, uh, Iowa State, you could always count on to be in the top five. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first year that, that Kevin was there after replacing uh, Cale Sanderson when he left to go to Penn State, they were up in the, in the top five. And since then, they've tailed off. And you just keep hearing people, you know, wondering for years how long, you know, Iowa State would stick with him. And, uh, you know, finally today they're, I believe, 1-8 and eight or 1-9 and nine in duels this year that, uh, you know, the writing, I think, was pretty much on the wall. He's had some good recruiting classes, and, and the guys have just never developed. So that calls into question, um, you know, and, and I think it also, uh, you know, as, as Northern Iowa's program is built under uh, Doug Schwab, that's put added pressure on. And even though Iowa's not winning the national titles, you know, you've got uh, the Hawkeyes, always, you know, still at the top, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the nation, and that just adds more pressure. And I think it just came down to, you know, the, the, a, a case where the writing was on the wall and that uh, Kevin's days probably were were numbered at Iowa State. Whether he, you know, it's the story said he left on his own, whether there was a little shove with it, who knows, uh, but you know, a, a, a guy who was as good a competitor as 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 Kevin was on the mat too. I'm sure, you know, he wasn't satisfied. And you know, sometimes when when you're not satisfied, you, you know, you you make a you make a tough decision, and and it'll be interesting to see what what Iowa State does. Uh, what do you think they do? I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about the the leadership there. I think a lot of people probably would like to see Chris Bono come back. He was a former uh, champion uh, uh, with the with the Cyclones. Uh, has been uh, the coach up at South Dakota State for the past few years, and have been has been building that program. You know, whether they'll look for a former Iowa State guy, who knows? I mean, uh, when when. Uh, Bobby Douglas uh, stepped down. Uh, they got a former Iowa State guy in in Cale uh, Sanderson. You know what they'll do now. It'll be interesting. I'm sure there are some some names out there of of people besides uh, Chris Bono who will be of interest. Uh, you know, I'm sure those some people will wonder if uh, Terry Brands will leave Iowa oh, and, and go over there. And you know, who knows that. Uh, and, and 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 maybe they'll just decide, hey, we've got to take a totally different approach and 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 go outside. And who knows? Maybe that'll be the landing spot for Jay Robinson. That'll do it for this edition of After the Pretz Podcast here on ClintonHill.com, SoundCloud, and on iTunes. We thank you for listening. Make sure to check out all the rest of our stories at ClintonHill.com. For sports editor John Grammels, I'm assistant sports editor Zach James. Thanks for joining us on the latest edition of After the Press.